Kowski. I should have messed up his name uh, to do him some justice over there. But today we do it all the time. It's fine. Go ahead. Yeah, the rude, the rude cow over there. So what we're going to talk about today is we have got some of the financial news going on. So we have U.S. leading economic indicators crash by most in over 60 years. And so, of course, you know, uh, you know, it's always bad news is good news. So the more bad news there is, it means that now, you know, the stock market thinks you're going to get more free money. Uh, you know, the they, them, those, the power structure, the big banks are the ones who get more money throughout all this. And so, you know, even though there's all this terrible news, we do see the stock market has been taken off. But, you know, we do see these leading indicators are leading to, you know, a sign that there's not good things, uh, you know, good things to come. Now, another thing that many investors are feeling right now is that they are trapped into their company's 401ks because inside the 401k, they have very, very few options that they can invest in. Usually there's like like 15 different options. A lot of times people will pick out like a target date fund, which, you know, they'll be uh, like, like a tw- if you're going to, you know, let's say retire in 30 years, you might be in a 2050 fund or a 2045 fund. Or, you know, you're going to be like in the S&P 500 or large cap or small cap. And, you know, you get very few you know, kind of plain Jane vanilla type options that are in your company's 401k plan. And so right now, investors are uh, feeling a little bit trapped uh, inside their own you know company pensions, uh, so to speak. So what once looked like a diversified portfolio has in many cases become an investor's nightmare due to the loss of diversification in what is now a highly centralized socialist system. I mean, I'd argue it might be a little bit more fascism, but that's you know kind of uh, splitting the hairs and some semantics over there. But within the fiat system, diversification is now dead. Uh, and basically, you know, and I and I will say that whenever there is a major, major crisis, and this is something I was saying before this whole crisis, that essentially a lot of the diversification ends up going down to essentially zero. Because what ends up happening, or I guess it one, because what happens is everything basically becomes highly correlated and they all go down together. Now, in 2008, the bond yields went down, which means that the bonds increased in value. Because uh, so what happens there is as it sort of works like a teeter totter. So if rates end up going up, then the underlying value of bonds go down, and vice versa. Uh, now this is a different situation with rates with the bond rates already basically at zero. There was no way where for people to run, and so pretty much the only things that went up, you know, this year were basically you know uh, like gold. I think year over year, uh, year to date at least, Bitcoin is up. And then if you had put options, and those are three of the main things that I was talking about. Uh, you know, Luke and I. Unfortunately, we started doing this right after things were going down, but I, I'm on video going back to October third, 2018, talking about that put option strategy. But if you are locked in at 401k right now, or you have an old 401k, there are options. You can roll those over to IRAs. There's no taxes that are due. Uh, if you're over 55, maybe 60, it's kind of a company by company uh, you know, deal if they have this or not. There's something that you might be able to do. It's called an in-service withdrawal. And so what an in-service withdrawal allows you to do is effectively uh, you know, take your IRA while you're still working at a company and then move it, sorry, your 401k at a company and then move it to your own IRA. Now that's on a company by company basis and not all companies allow it. I'd say the bigger the company, the greater the odds, uh, the older you are, the, the greater the odds. But if you're with a big company and you're 60 years old, you know, there's probably a pretty good chance that you do have that ability. So it is one thing and hardly anybody even knows that that's even a thing. Even, uh, you know, the dipshits, or sorry, I guess we're in, uh, even the, Family- Sorry, sorry. The, H- the HR, the HR, 
a lot of times even the HR people don't even know that this exists. So, you know, what you could do, not to make a quick shameless plug, but you see, you know, the number down below or go to my website, the Shameless plug by Tim. Who would have thought? No. Who would have thought? <laughs> I'm just showing. Well, no, we're not, well, no, we're not making any money on YouTube. And the only way to be able to hire more people and get more research and to get, you know, better things over here is to have people who are coming on board because uh, my grandma the other day is like, oh, I so see you're making all these videos, but are you making any money? I'm like, yeah, grandma. Like, people like don't understand how. Like, she, but first off, she'd be thankful we got all the masks. And before you start busting my balls about, you know, what we're doing over here, uh, making making money. But yes, Grandma, we are, and that's how we're able to do this. And so it's a win-win-win. So you know, we helped a lot of people. We only went down five percent, actually three and a half to five percent uh, during the, the the worst of it. And last year made most of the money. So you know, sorry, not sorry that we would have helped out a lot of people. Now continuing along in that same vein, the market is now just five stocks. The S and P now more concentrated than ever. And mainly just in the top five names and the ratio of the tech and buyback heavy NASDAQ to the small cap and cash flow zero. Russell had hit a level not seen since the great, the great depths of the dot-com bubble. And so we're seeing, let me just kind of scroll down, down the screen. I think I remember seeing this from yesterday when I was reading this, but yeah, we see this chart over here. It's pretty, uh, pretty telling over here. And you see that, you know, this concentration of just, uh, you know, the, the big mega, tech oligarchs over there is really, you know, quite, uh, quite staggering. So of course we've got Microsoft with Bill Gates, who's trying to get, you know, vaccine chips into everybody. And of course we've got, you know, Apple, which is, you know, trying to do contact tracing along with uh, potentially Alphabet. And then Amazon, we don't need to get into all the stuff that Jeff Bezos is up to. And then Zuckerberg, who, you know, wants us all to be basically in the matrix wearing, you know, VR goggles and not interacting with anybody while telling us what is and isn't fake news. Uh, now we also have a global, uh, bad global precedent. The Chinese GDP has collapsed more than expected, worse since at least 1992. But actually, you know, let me go back to that last article because I, I don't think I'm like fully done with. with now, that. now this is interesting, especially when you look at the Chinese market because they're allegedly saying that their kind of retraction isn't as big as expected by other people. But again, the Chinese aren't always honest about their economic numbers or honest just about anything in general, especially with the latest kind of uh, sickness that's going on here. So what do, you, what do you think are the kind of bigger ramifications for China? Because again, China's markets are also just as fake as the American ones. They're all in real estate. And Even more fake. fake. Yeah, yeah. It's They're all in these like fake cities that were literally propped up. No one's living in them. And, and they keep building these empty cities, hoping that people from the farmland come in. The people from the farmland are not coming in for their, you know, uh, big brother Orwellian control grid society. Well, at least they bought city. something. I mean, in, in the USSA over here, all we do is we get a bunch of debt and we just get further and further into debt. And we don't build anything. So at least they, if this whole, if everyone's going to go bankrupt, I mean, the only 4D, 5D chess I can basically. Yeah, uh, but, but, but Tim, it's made in China. It literally falls apart. Like all the buildings that they built and they, and they know no one's going to be living in them. They're, they're unlivable. They look great on the outside, but there's actually a lot of investigative pieces maybe, showing maybe, uh, how they're just crumbling. They're, they're, they could collapse. There's a lot of building collapses in China because of just, uh, you know, people cutting corners trying to make money. And it goes along with the saying, you know, made in China. Uh, I don't know what the saying is, but, you know, when it's made in China, you said, well, it's not the best quality because it's slave labor. Uh, so, sorry, go ahead. Okay, thank you for the uh, for the analysis of the made in China, uh, but yeah, I mean China's yeah their shadow banking system and everything they got going on there like makes the you know is way more even corrupt than than the already super corrupt system we have over here. Uh, we also see global stocks surge on reports pharmaceutical uh, giant Gilead is making progress on a drug treatment for a coronavirus, and so you know who knows. Uh, 
for the first time ever, the Fed will monetize will monetize double the total treasury issuance. And so we see here the Fed is nationalizing or privatizing, depending on whether one's view of the Fed is public or private, which actually it is. I mean, it is a private bank, but they've got the monopoly power behind, you know, basically having the government and people with guns coming to kill you if you don't want to, uh, you know, use their dollar, which is why I have the sign behind me that shows King's Ransom. But yeah, the current pace of weekly treasury purchases is simply staggering, unparalleled by anything seen before in history. I mean, just look at this chart. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if, if uh, I mean, Luke, I can't see it because he's, uh, you know, I'm not sharing it through Zoom, but if he's watching the screen, I mean, this is ridiculous. It's sort of like the, I mean, it basically sort of mirrors that unemployment, you know, complete hockey stick up that we have seen. And, uh, and, and if, Nicole, if you can also go into the comments too, and just be ready for when, after we get done with these articles, we'll take, uh, you know, probably a couple, uh, couple minutes of, of questions before I head over to do a video with Josh. But, uh, yeah, I mean, essentially, this is, we were told, and I, don't, I forgot what year it was, it was like maybe 2009 or 10, I remember Osama Ben Bernanke was up getting grilled on Capitol Hill, and he said, you know, we will never monetize the debt, and here it is, you know, complete monetization of the debt. I did talk about it, if you guys go to my channel, I have a, uh, underneath speeches, it's my Anarcha Poco talk, and a part of it is I actually prove how they were monetizing it at the time, because what they do is when the so what the, what was happening is, and I'm trying to get this straight in my head right now because it's complicated. So you had the treasury was essentially uh, in their primary markets was was issuing bonds to the big banks. So let's let's say it's like Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, all the all the big guys. And so then what they would do is once when that cash would then settle like a couple of days later, two or three days later, then the Federal Reserve would then come in and then buy those bonds because they weren't allowed to directly buy the bonds. But that's also a stealth bailout of the banks because you know let's say here i will buy this from you for a hundred dollars and then guarantee to buy it back from you two days later for like 101 dollars. so i mean if anyone can have that guaranteed and can get that deal then you would do that deal all day long and so you know it's complete crony capitalism or you know luke doesn't think this is funny but my crony capitalism uh <laughs> that's going on i see him shaking his head over there and he is on screen so you guys see that as well but yeah we got the fed is buying 75 billion dollars every day in treasuries and we are now down to only $30 billion per day. Uh, these enormous Fed purchases combined with rates moving sideways in recent weeks makes you wonder where 10-year rates would have been if the Fed had not intervened. And I'll tell you exactly where 10-year rates would have been. So this really all kicked off. I mean, I had a podcast. Unfortunately, I had like 20 people listening to me at the time. But it was called The Perfect Storm is Brewing in May 2018, pinpointing that there's no way the Fed at the time, and if you guys actually back this up, the Fed thought that they could actually get away with selling $50 billion of bonds per month. And I'm like, how the hell do you guys expect to sell $50 billion of bonds a month? Who's going to buy them? The largest buyer of the Federal Reserve bonds has historically been, well, not historically, I mean, at least the past like five, 10 years, has been the Federal Reserve. Uh, the second biggest buyer is China. And then the third biggest buyer is Japan, or sometimes second. Uh, and so now you're going to have the top two big, I mean, we're in a trade war with China. Then also in terms of uh, the Federal Reserve, so you're going to have the largest buyer now become the largest seller. That's going to make the rates skyrocket. The rates skyrocketing are then, so you see that, the, and I'm not looking at the data right now, but the 10-year treasury probably went from about 1.1 up to about 3.5% in a very, 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 very short time, time span. That was October 2018. Then the stock market went down 20%. Then the Federal Reserve uh, basically uh, reneged in every single thing that they said they were going to do. Then we had a great year in 2019, even though the market and earnings per share data was basically the same. And 
sorry, the earnings per share were up a tiny bit. The revenue was about the same. Actually, earnings per share were about the same too, but the market was up. The S&P was up about 30%. Uh, just a quick, another quick shameless plug. We were up about 25, 26 last year, except this year when we went down three and a half, five percent uh, you know, you guys can uh, hit me up and have, have a free consultation. And that is limited time only because we are bringing on other people right now who are going to be the ones who are taking that stuff in the future. So this is not, uh, so right now you are getting me very, very soon. That is not going to be me except for the, just the really big uh, potential clients. So that is limited time offer. I'm not joking around when I say that right now. Uh, just like I wasn't joking around two years ago when I was giving out free crypto IRAs, and now it costs you a lot more than free, uh, unless you've got enough money with us and it's included. So, you know, people take advantage of these offers. These are not, you know, we're not messing around. And we did, you know, help save a lot of people a lot of money and made a lot of people a lot of money. Uh, but the Fed's bond purchase program, closing price gaps in ETF market. This is out of the global globe and mail.com. I saw John Snyson sent me this article. John Snyson also sent me that one Syracuse article as well. So I want to give a shout out to John. But effectively, I mean, the free market is dead now. I mean, there's it's a complete crap that the, uh, the Fed is able to buy crap, literally junk bonds. The Fed's going in there buying junk bonds. And so what should happen in a free market is these junk bonds should go close down to zero. And then guys who had cash like myself or who had put options that we could then trade in for cash should then be able to come in and buy these assets that got absolutely hammered. And that was sort of uh, the game plan. But now that game plan is being extenuated just because of all of these, uh, you know, basically market manipulations that are going on. And then, I, yeah, I forgot this was article was next. Cash is king, but you've got to have a way to get cash. And you also have to, you know, not to sit in cash permanently. Because if you sit in cash permanently, and I've been saying this since 2008, that that is a good way to essentially go broke safely. And so, you know, nobody wants to go broke safely. Yeah, it might be a good idea to be in cash now. Good idea to be in cash in, uh, you know, in February. Good idea to be in cash maybe in January. But being in cash long term, uh, now if you need to buy a house next year, I mean, I wouldn't buy a house, but, you know, or if you need to, uh, you know, have some sort of, you know, need for money soon, you know, I wouldn't gamble with that. I would keep that in cash. Uh, but, you know, long term. And speaking of cash is king, actually, the paycheck paycheck protection program for small businesses is already out of money. But don't worry, you know, we got plenty of effing money for the big banks and for big pharma and for the, you know, military industrial complex. Their money hasn't run out. It's only the money that goes to, you know, just the average, you know, every day. I mean, I haven't seen my, you know, paycheck protection thing, you know, check come in yet. So I don't know if I'm going to be getting any of that. Uh, already covered this article a little bit in the beginning, uh, you know, dealing with, you know, basically unintended consequences that we have, you know, my hometown, Syracuse, New York, where uh, effectively they have shut down, uh, Cuomo has shut down all non, uh, basically, or sorry, not non, non elective. They shut down elective surgeries, and that was a big cash cow. People have not been going to the hospitals because they don't want to, you know, that's probably the worst place you can be if you want to catch, you know, any, anything what's going on. And so they've had to furlough over 500 people. We did catch, we did cover that in the last video a little bit, so I'm not going to belabor that now. And then uh, the Fed's Buller proposes way to end the crisis. Just pay all the costs for companies developing the test. So there you go. Just, you know, give Big Pharma more of a bailout, more of a handout. And then that is the answer to, uh, you know, I'll say that in air quotes, the answer to uh, to saving everything. We just, you know, give all the big vaccine manufacturers, you know, complete liability protection if they already have. And just, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, everything keeps going on hunky-dory. Now, this article we did cover before, too. But, you know, Trump says he would allow some states to reopen tomorrow, a.k.a. today. Not sure where that actually uh uh, went on, but yeah, these are the articles we've already covered, and that was all I had. So I don't know if there's any uh, you know questions that we had down there.